Welcome uh, to another episode of the Deep Dive, where we just take a closer look at the topic and passages that we are on as a church, um, specifically through sermons, sometimes through songs that we sing. My name's Caleb. I'm the worship director. This is Paul, interim lead pastor. Kind of gloomy today when we're outside recording. Outside it is. You all can't tell that. You can't tell that in here, though. Where we're taping, but outside it kind <laughs> of is. But inside, it's It's, it's nice. Yeah. I feel great. So... Um, so we've started this series on the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. We've called it The Church the World Needs, mm-hmm. and I love that. I do um, too. I, I, it's very apropos. Yes, very. Um, I think I just want to start with this question, Paul, and I'd like you to answer first, and I'm happy sure. to talk about it as well, but why? Like, why is this important for us, mm-hmm. the book of Acts in general? Yeah. And why would we choose this when we're, when we're looking at what it's like to be the church that the world needs? Yeah. In one sense, it's very helpful for us going through an interim, mm. especially when you go through an interim after you've walked through some struggles. Mm. Because you, know, you really are trying to realign the church. You're trying to realign your thinking, really, about the church. And so why not go to the book that's all about that? Mm. And so that's at one level, that's the reason. But that's not the main level. Sure. The main level is because the book of Acts really does align us to what our walk is like as members of the universal church as well as members of the local church. Yes. And so it's not just a history book. It is history. Luke put it all together. It says it was an orderly account, you know. And he did his research, he talked to people, just like he did with the Gospel of Luke, because yeah. this is really the second volume. Uh, it's a, it's a two-volume work. And so Luke did all that work, put it together. He says he's writing for Theophilus. We talked about that on the yes. first sermon, you know. And Theophilus was probably quite an influencer in society, and when you read the book, you really begin to have this feel, this sense that what Luke was writing to was people who were quite sophisticated, Mm. uh, urbanized. It's interesting. People say, well, why that? Well, because really all the examples, because all they can do is pull out examples. Right. All the examples are large cities. It's really interesting that where where Paul went was large cities. And so the context for everything that they're doing is in an urbanized large city. Most people don't think about that. Sure. And so it's kind of how do you, therefore, be a Christian in, even in our society, and in a pluralistic... Right, as a group. You know, strong marketing, a lot of work, things oh, yeah. going on. Right. Think, of, think about, you know, all the people here at Calvary. Yes. And it, it, it provides that. So it does have a historical piece to it, but really it's more than that. It tells me how I, as a disciple, live. Mm. For me, it was also a number of acts. It, it helps me get from the ascension, which I would have loved to have had more verses on that. Yeah. And uh, but we don't. Yeah. And to get from the ascension to Paul's epistles, mm. there's a lot that went on a lot. during that yes. period of time. And all of a sudden, you have this small little group of 120 people on on what's called a mountaintop. Which I've been to Israel. It's not what I would call a mountain. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, you, you don't lose your breath walking yeah, up, right. walking up hill. Right, that's fun. <laughs> but um, you know, being there at the mount, watching the ascent, 120 people, angels say, 
go back, you know, you know, he'll come back the same way he left. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 30 years later, you pretty much got Christianity at least moving into all of civilized society back then around the Mediterranean Sea. Right. Well, how did that happen? You know, <laughs> what what did that do? And it's great because like when we get to the epistles, when there's an encouragement or a correction, mm-hmm. if you didn't have this, you'd be like, well, what is the basis for correcting or encouraging or commending mm-hmm. a church on, mm-hmm. a local church, mm-hmm. to say, hey, you guys are doing this well. Okay, well, great. What what was the baseline? Mm-hmm. Or hey, this you need to adjust this. Well, what was the baseline? And so Acts mm-hmm. really gives us that. It does. So I, I appreciate that. In fact, actually, it's interesting that you just said baseline because you, you just made me think of something. So if, if we're not careful, mm-hmm. people begin to think, well, the Gospels was the age when that was Jesus the Son's time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on, he's on stage. Yeah. Then it comes to the church after the day of Pentecost. They say, okay, now it's the Spirit's time. The Spirit's on stage. And the reality is, no, the baseline was provided for us in the gospel of Luke as Christ, but Acts is just the ongoing piece Mm. of that. We should never think that Jesus is off stage. Now in Acts, that's a little weird because you've only got Jesus clearly on stage, in a sense, in the first few verses in chapter 1. Then all of a sudden, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the Holy Spirit's around. Yeah. And it looks like, if you're not careful, that now it's just the Spirit's and turn. Jesus doesn't yeah, have yeah. much to do with it. Yeah, as if somehow, yeah. well, later, maybe later it'll be the Father's turn. Or yeah, something. right. It's so heretical in Yeah, thinking. right, right. It's kind of funny, but it's, it's not true. Yeah. But the baseline part is that everything that we're doing in the church and everything that you and I just said yeah. is really about our relationship with Christ, that the Spirit is floodlighting um, a number of theologians talk about the Spirit takes this large floodlight, this large light, and just shines it just on Jesus, and that's the main purpose of mm. the Holy Spirit, and everything else is is around that. And this way... <coughs> Sorry about that. You're good. Yeah. Uh, I'll blame it on the outside weather. Yeah, right. Yeah, the gloominess. Uh, but, but if we do that, all of a sudden you're missing even how the Trinity works. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit does... He's the agent of a triune God, mm. the agent. And so he is working out Jesus' work, who is the head. And if we're not careful, we lose that. Yeah. And That's that would good. change everything. That would change a lot. Yeah, yeah. That would change a lot. Yeah, and it, I mean, it even speaks to our, to our vision, right, mm-hmm. that Jesus matters most. Yeah. It's like no matter what we're doing, Jesus is like the thread, Mm-hmm. And it's not this little tiny thread. That's right. It's the thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, actually, we have the Spirit. It's just that the Spirit is implied in the second half of right. the vision. And transfer wherever Jesus is. Transformation follows. Transformation yeah, follows. Yeah, that's good. Well, the transformation follows, of course, by the agency of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, another question I would have, and I'm happy to speak into this as well, but when you first studied the book of Acts, mm-hmm. or maybe as you continue to study... What's that thing that sticks out for you? Like, and maybe I'll start. Like for me, yeah. What was it for you? Chapter two, where it speaks about like the gathering, the fellowship of the mm-hmm. believers. It says they, like, I'll just I'll just read it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They broke bread 
they prayed. This is, I'm skipping some words here, right? We're paraphrasing. It's Caleb's paraphrase. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Uh, they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to, uh, to all as they had need. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And it continues to show this picture of what it's like as the people gathered. But what I really love, and, and I care about the people gathered. Mm-hmm. I'm a worship leader. I love gathering together. You are uniquely wired to see that. Yeah. And you will pull things out of that because of your giftiness. Sure. But what I love about the book of Acts is it pushes me beyond that. Because that's an easy lane for me to sit in. Hmm. Yeah, gather together. And we're a gathered people, but we're also a scattered people. Mm -hmm. And what happens when the people scatter? Like... I, I just jotted down some examples here because, I, I mean, there's so many throughout the yeah. book of Acts, oh, but it's yeah. like Peter and John are preaching, and there's like, is it 5,000? 5,000, I believe, that, mm-hmm. that like come yeah, to know time. Jesus. Yeah. And, yeah, one time. Um, uh, let's see, what else here? Uh, apostles were arrested. Mm-hmm. They're in prison, and the prison doors are opened. Mm-hmm. This is an act of God. Mm-hmm. It's this, the church is being mobilized. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, there's room for the church. Saul's conversion. I mean, persecuting mm-hmm. the church. Persecuting the church. And then there's conversion. And, and so I just love that picture of like, gather together, break bread, pray. There's signs and wonders. I mean, there's even, there's even accounts of signs and wonders too, mm-hmm. right? As, as we go through the book yeah. of Acts. And it's like, yes, you're a gathered people, you're a gathered church, and you're also a scattered people. Mm-hmm. And all, all, all by the Spirit, because of Jesus, right, under the headship of God yeah. the Father. So yeah, that's great. that really sticks out to me, of course, the gathering, but it helps to push me outside of that and think yeah. about... So it's very similar to, for me even, yeah. so in this, of when you first read it, how does it strike you? Sometimes you get caught up in all the little details. Sure. You know, it's easy to get caught in the weeds. Yeah. But you're also kind of stepping back and saying, hey, Lord, what am I learning the most? Like what you just described, which was really similar for me. Okay. Realizing that there is, that there are some patterns in the book of Acts that really help me understand that, okay, my experience, therefore, is a normal experience for, for a Christian. Now, what I don't mean by that is that Everything in the book of Acts is a normative mm. experience. It's not. There are some things that really are absolutely unique in the book of Acts because it was a period of great miracles, just like Elijah and Elisha, just like Exodus. Sure. But for me, I see that pattern, like what you said, where I see a pattern of, okay, uh, somebody, their heart gets caught by, by Christ mm. and what's happening. And then all of a sudden they start to grow and the natural pieces of that, which is what you just, actually the passage you just read, yeah. some of that is the natural, that's just the natural result of true life. That's good. Which is why even in our vision statement, we said, you know, you know, where Jesus matters, transformation follows right. in worship, connection, and impact. You see the in worship, connection, and impact in the book of Acts. So there are certain places and mm. spaces suddenly where I'm going. Well, the pattern still goes on and says, okay, whenever that happens, though, Inevitably, persecution or opposition rises. 
because Satan does not like that. Yeah. And Acts shows that over and over, cyclic almost. And then, but but inevitably with the cycle is that you see the picture of how, how does God come in and protect? How does God come in yeah. and change? How does God come in and preserve? And therefore then all of a sudden then the disciples then, they don't just say thank you and continue on in that way. They have grown through that. And then the suffering that comes in with that in that same cycle, uh, they're able to handle the greater suffering and the greater situation. So there is this rhythm that I realize in my life to say, okay, what I'm experiencing is that that rhythm. You know, suddenly somebody something gets caught in 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 my heart. Yeah. Uh, when I was in uh, in in college, one summer I worked in the Panhandle of Texas, mm. and I was I was simply walking the gas lines, which means out there because I know you grew up here. Yeah. 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 Fill me so, in. So so out there it it means. <laughs> It means you would walk miles. You're simply walking along where the gas line is with this little meter, and you're checking just for checking leaks. for get gas leaks yeah. because you don't you don't want that. No. And so the only people that you see really are rattlesnakes, and um, man, yeah. So I have um, trouble with black snakes. Here <laughs> the so I, <laughs> well, these are those big Texas yeah. rattlesnakes. <laughs> and so you're out there doing that, and then I rented a in, in a room above somebody's garage sure. for the summer. Yeah. That's the summer when God started having stuff just pop out at me. Mm. Some of it really was in the book of Acts. So there was this summer where all of a sudden you got that, and then this this rich fellowship that begins to happen is what I found mm. with that. And then lo and behold, yeah, there was some problems that came up. Yeah. And God helped, and I saw how he helped. It taught me about suffering more, and, and I found I'm growing. I was a different person at the end of my summer in Pampa, Texas. Mm. Well, that's the book. That's the cycle of the book of Acts. Right, right. And think how many times that's happened, uh, Caleb, for you, and, and yeah. for, for me, and really for all of you with yes. us at the deep dive. Think how many times you've gone through that pattern, and God inevitably responds with that same sense mm. of pr- providence. Right. And that's that's this book. Yeah. If we didn't have Acts, you'd have these letters, but you wouldn't see the patterns. Yeah. And what's what's amazing to me is like, because suffering can can be this this topic of like, um, it it always goes to this like, well, it's suffering is uncomfortable, and we just kind of like land there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how you're pulling out like God's provision mm-hmm. in it always. I even think about um, Ananias and Sapphira, like a drop dead moment, mm-hmm. literally. Literally, <laughs> that's good. Literally, literally. yeah, literally. But there's still provision. There's there's God's provision mm-hmm. wound up in all of it, mm-hmm. and so even it's it's not just this pretty little yeah su- we suffer and it's uncomfortable. Like sometimes it is beyond anything that we could ever imagine, mm-hmm. far beyond anything we can bear. And it's like, but <clears throat> God's provision mm-hmm. still just being right there yeah. in the middle of all of it. So that's I, I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I really appreciate. By the that way, thought. there's a there's a, a weed, if you will. There's, yeah. uh Is that normative? Yeah. You know, now I have been in some situations in the past in some very dysfunctional churches where, at times, I may have on Mondays after Sunday wished it was normative. 
<laughs> where, where a few people just kind of drop dead that you, that you wish you could actually name which ones. Right. But I'm, I'm just joking about that, really. <laughs> but it, it, that, was beca- that was because it was the very first attack that Satan had inside the church. Mm. So those few chapters before that, it was Satan attacking the, this church, wanting to stop it in its tracks, yeah. stopping it from persecution— then when that didn't work, because God again, He comes to, He handles it. They learn how to suffer. They learn how to handle suffering. They grow, and the church grew out and expanded. Well, then, he, so He comes in from the inside, and He does that peace with 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 them. Yeah. And so the reason that that is so dramatic in its effect is not to try to scare people and say, you know what, if you lie at church, you're going to drop dead. Yeah. Um, that would be a very poor interpretation. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but it is to sit there and say. Yeah, you need to understand that when Satan attacks from the inside, Jesus takes that as a very serious thing and does brings his all in order to make sure that there is life yeah. inside the church when Satan attacks like yeah. that. Yeah. I have one more question. Yeah. So a lot of times we see this thread throughout the book of Acts, um, especially in the early part of, of, of the book. They had everything in common. Mm. And we don't have enough time to really dive into that. But mm-hmm. let's do like a quick, what does that mean? And yeah. what does that not mean? <laughs> right? Because that's probably well, the better side. it doesn't mean communism. Of, right. Okay. Um, a lot of people think that it means uh, the socialistic communist worldview. Sure. There is no discussion about specific communism as we see it in our day and right. socialism in our day. There are principles about economics that help us understand there actually is a very unique Christian approach to finances that doesn't fit any of our culture's sure. views on that. Sure. But when it does say that they have common, the main thing of what that is showing is that if somebody becomes a Christian, and I've known, I've known individuals like this, I've known individuals who, it's just this dramatic moment for them when they become a Christian because they come out of such difficult yeah. backgrounds. Sure. Very hurtful backgrounds, as if they have never, ever experienced unconditional love and mm. grace. Yeah. And they trust Christ. Hmm. And when they trust Christ, all of a sudden, they're among a group of people who are loving them unconditionally to, to the best that we can. And they, th- their life, all of a sudden, what they, they go, oh, there's a party? Can I bring food to yeah, the party? Right. Oh, hey, you can have it at my apartment. You can have it at my place. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, there's a mission, uh, the, a project. And say, can I give to that? Even if I can just give a few dollars yeah. to that. They, and they'll sacrifice... Um, Several the price of several meals that week, or you know, some people might say I'll sacrifice my Starbucks. Well, right. I don't drink coffee, right. so it's not a sacrifice. <laughs> for me. But they'll they'll do some of that, and yeah. they they change their time. Yeah. All of a sudden, now they get up earlier because they want to have a quiet time. And they still may go to the gym, they, but all of a sudden they're talking new conversations at the gym. They're yeah. giving of things, and the the point is that they have seen the beauty of what Christ has done. They respond so so wonderfully and so wholeheartedly that they kind of just kind of take their hands off of stuff in their own life. Yeah. And if it can help somebody, they do. Yeah. 
not because the churches said they have to, mm. but they just do. Well, yeah. that's what was happening in Acts. Where they had things in common. And, and so yeah. imagine multiplying that. that lady, that guy that trusted Christ in that mm-hmm. dramatic way, yeah. and put 3,000 of them together yeah. after you know, the first few days. Yeah. And you have 3,000 people just saying, I have nothing that, I've, that, that I hang on to. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that all of them began to hang on to some things <laughs> yeah. later on because they have human, right. human nature. Right. They have sin just as much as I have sin, and all of our sin is dis- wickedly deceptive. But in that moment of that love for Christ, yeah. they just let go. And they were willing to sacrifice, and actually, it wasn't a sacrifice hmm. for them. It was a it was a honest to goodness response. Yeah, and that's what you had. I happen to believe that when a church really focuses on the gospel, and when everybody, when at least a tipping point of people focus on the gospel. So let's take Calvary as an example. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to help me with this. Sure. Uh, I don't know how many members there are at Calvary. I oh. still haven't heard that yet, but yeah. I'm assuming it's a good number. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So whatever the tipping point would oh, be. Oh, yeah, sure. Eight to ten percent, maybe? Yeah. Okay, if you read the books and the research, it says uh, movements start when ten percent, eight percent. So let's say that at Calvary, if as we're, we just are reminding ourselves of grace in the gospel— what if 10% of the church got to that point of that same guy or that mm. same lady that trusted Christ yeah, and started just letting, not holding on to things mm-hmm. closely and tightly? We would get attention. Yeah. Because think what we'd be doing. And uh, the county would notice. Oh, us. yes, absolutely. And it wouldn't be just for birthday parties because it's on the sign, yeah. you know, yeah. in the church. It would be for what we're all doing at work and yeah. play and you at the gym when you work out. And, sure. And, uh, That's generous of you. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to exercise again, but it's at the apartment. <laughs> yeah. We have one little place. And, That's not bad. <laughs> but um, that, would, that would happen. Yeah. I thoroughly yeah. believe that would happen. Yeah. Because that's not an absolutely unique piece. That's part of what is norm- normative yes. when people mm. fall in love with Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And as a worship guy, you see that all the time on some Sundays when yeah. you go, people were really responding. Oh, you're, you're here today, and you're together, yeah. Yeah. and you're responding. And you watching connected. us get to see that more yeah. than anybody. Sure. Sometimes I wish I could get up and sit on the stage and just look at the sure. audience <laughs> and look at all of us, because I think it would meet something in my soul. Sure. You you get the opportunity yeah, of do. doing that, which it's I think amazing. has got to be stimulating yeah, to your it's, faith. It's awesome. It's awesome. Very good. Well, Paul, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for this comment. It's kind of an introductory piece yes. for, for Acts. For the book of Acts. But folks, I do hope that you really just enjoy the whole series mm. on Acts as we spend yes. time through this. Basically through the middle or the end of June is, yep. is how long we're going to be with Acts. Yes, we want to be a church that keeps our Bibles open. We like mm-hmm. to say that. If you want to find other podcasts, calvary.church slash resources is where you can go for that. You can also email us, podcasts at calvary.church uh, for questions or if you have things that you'd like to be talked about um, or any other kinds of recommendations. But have a great week, and we hope to catch you again next week. Go in grace and peace. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.